This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers Minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Blitz on SNR, hour number two on day number two, live from Heinz Field, minicamp coverage here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. We are privileged now to be joined by Bob Labriola of Steelers.com, live with us here on location. Labs, here's where I wanted to start with you. Um, and good to see you, by the way. We were we were joking. This it's good is, to be seen, this period. Is, this is <laughs> a lot like it good feels. Good to be out of my house. You know, in our, in our last segment, Kabali was over here trying to mess with modes. You know, we've had Jerry Dulac popping in. Tim Benz popped in a few minutes ago. Uh, Brian Backo of the Post-Gazette. It just kind of feels like, Labs, we're a bunch of unsupervised, like, elementary school kids on a field trip who have finally just been released back with no supervisor, and we just don't know how to act. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I went to rookie minicamp uh, the Saturday, and it was the first time I had been back to the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex in 14 months. Wow. And this is a place you used to be in it every day. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, as I said, it's just good to be anywhere. Everything is um, not necessarily new, but you have a different uh, appreciation for it. Not taking it um, for granted. I used to make fun of football in shorts. Now it's actually captivating <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, just enjoying enjoying life as it kind of gets back to what it used to be. Absolutely. And speaking of seeing you in person, I'm glad to actually see you in person and not on a computer screen. I'm tired <laughs> of Zooming you, yeah. okay? I'm yeah. tired of it. <laughs> you guys doing those Zooms with yes. Wolf. I mean, how was Wolf with those? Did he have, you know, technology <laughs> illiteracy or was he was he all good with what was going on? We call it a work in progress. A work, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Labs, we spent a lot of the uh, the first hour of the show here talking about the secondary um, new secondary coach, uh, some moving parts there. I, I did want to touch on something that Terrell Austin talked about um, earlier today, discussing the nickel spot. Um, coach Austin said, you basically have to be a corner and a linebacker. It takes a special skill set and a lot of learning in there. Uh, we all know Mike Hilton is gone. We all know what he was capable of, Labs. Do you think that they try and go about replacing him similarly, right? Where they try and find one person to nail down in that role? Or could we see some some different things done maybe with Minka or with Edmonds? Um, I don't want to say by committee, right? But trying to, to fill that in a different way, that void left by Mike Hilton for the nickel spot? Or do you think it will be a it's, it's an open job and they want somebody who can play a similar role? Uh, you know, I think that ideally you would like to, um, you know, have an all-purposes person there. Because, you know, the thing about, you know, opposing teams, opposing offenses, um, and we saw this some last year at inside linebacker, if you have your uh, against-the-run inside linebacker, then the other team will throw the ball. Sure. And if you have your against-the-pass inside linebacker, then the other team will run the ball. I mean, it's not (laughs) like it used to be uh, in the NFL where first and second downs were running downs most of the time unless the score dictated otherwise. So, um, you know, you, you really – you can try and do that, the smoke and mirrors thing, but, um, you know, it, it, eventually it's going to catch up to you and teams will learn that, you know, if, if you're trying to do it where uh, with uh, two different individuals, one uh, each one has one strength and one quote-unquote weakness mm-hmm. – They'll catch on to that quickly and just do the other thing because, you know, first and 10 uh, isn't a running down anymore. 
teams will throw on first and ten. They'll throw first and ten, uh, you know, from their uh, inside their own five-yard line. Sure. They'll throw, uh, you know, whenever. So uh, you, you, you really kind of have to be capable as a defense of doing everything uh, whenever and from wherever on the field. That's why a guy like Devin Bush and players like him, you know, those all situations inside linebackers are so rare and so valuable. So, um, you know, I do think that when you're looking at the slot position and you're looking at replacing Mike Hilton, I do believe that the Steelers would like to have someone um, who is a little bit better against the pass than he was. Mm. Um, I think that if you were going to, you know, critique him harshly or however you want, whatever word you want to use that, (laughs) he was very good against the run, an excellent blitzer, but uh, opposing teams would attack him uh, with certain matchups in which he was, you know, against a bigger or more physical receiver, tight end, whatever, and teams were able to take advantage of his size, which, you know, he can't really do anything about. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, some of the guys you mentioned or um, uh, Norwood. Yeah. Maybe he's in the mix. Uh, Mark Gilbert, the guy from Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, Shakur Brown, is that how you pronounce his first name? I've been saying it. Okay. I was going to lean on you for that one. (laughs) All I got, hey, Arthur, all I got to know is how to spell it. There we go. guys at the radio stars. I, I, I just, Shakur, Shakur, oh, man. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people in the mix, and, you know, really, in, in that sense, thank God there's a preseason again. Sure. Because, um, you know, you need to see these guys in some game situations. Your training camp is nice. You put the pads on and hit a little bit. But you do need to see some competition against um, unfamiliar faces, unfamiliar schemes, and so, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it, how it works out. But personally, I wouldn't be moving Minka from center field. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. just covers too much ground. Uh, his ball awareness and reaction is, is too good for me. Um, you know, the stuff he does with the ball in the air to me is too valuable uh, to limit, you know, to bring him up closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and a lot of times, as Mike Hilton was doing, supporting the run, um, uh, that, I don't know. I, I, I've been here long enough to uh, know how rare uh, play the ball safeties are. And, uh, you know, I've been here 35 years. Hmm. There was Troy. And then before Minka, the only other guy who was in the conversation, I think, was Darren Perry. Mm, okay. Um, so, you know, those guys are rare. And when you have one, Steelers have one, um, you know, I, I would really try and put him in position to make the kind of game-changing plays yep. he made even, you know, the first two games he was here. Absolutely. Now, sticking with the defensive side of the ball in the uh, linebacker position, more importantly, the outside linebacker position, we heard Keith Butler asked about the third outside linebacker okay, spot. Okay, Arthur, I was just going to ask you, who's, <laughs> who's your third? Don't ask me who my third is. <laughs> I, I don't I don't have an answer for that I, I uh, you know again I, I I get tired of hearing myself say well we're gonna have to wait till camp <laughs> in the preseason to see um, you know these guys in a little bit of action but I, I really have no other way uh, of judging it I um, 
you know, I, I would say that the, the candidates, the obvious candidates would be Cassius March, Marsh, excuse me, and Quincy Roche. Um, but I mean, again, I, I don't, um, I got nothing. I mean, in terms of, <laughs> no, it, it is to, funny because I feel the same. And that's why I was like, maybe Labs has seen a little bit more. Maybe he uh, knows I, a little bit something else, man, because it's very yeah, it's not a lot of experience behind TJ and Alex. It's, it's not a lot of depth behind them, and that's ultimately why these convert, these questions keep coming up, and I'm just – we're looking for that answer. That's why I was disappointed that the Ryan Kerrigan thing didn't work out. Mm, um, yeah. you know, Especially I, with that price point that he signed for, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it w- that was probably a little bit more than the Steelers believed they could spend because, you know, uh, TJ Watt and Minka are – by far priorities for available salary cap mm-hmm. space. And I'm sure that um, Kevin Colbert and uh, Art Rooney II and Mike Tomlin would like to get one of those guys done, Minka or TJ, this summer. Um, so, you know, I can understand, you know, you want to hold stuff in reserve as opposed to Ryan Kerrigan's in his 30s, 32, I think. Uh, but he would have been a nice veteran uh, pickup. To, to provide you some depth and some um, opportunity to give your starters a, a, a couple of snaps off occasionally over the course of a game. But, you know, it didn't work out. Uh, I don't know what else is out there. Olivier Vernon, uh, you hear about somewhat. and He's um, coming off the Achilles injury. Right. They suffered what, week 17, right? Yeah. yeah. And so. so, yeah, and th- those are the kinds of – and he's a 30-something. Mm-hmm. and. You know, those kind when you start tearing tendons and ligaments and stuff at, at that age, yeah. it doesn't come back like uh, when you're a spring chicken. So, <laughs> um, you know, there's, if, if those kinds of guys are like uh, Devin Bush type linebackers, they're not on the street now. Very true. And if right. they are, uh, there's, there's some problem, there's some issue involved. So, um, I don't know, you know, go go to the Basilica and light a candle uh, and hope that TJ and uh, Alex Highsmith do not get injured. I mean, because I, I understand that that's really not a, a plan, but, uh, you know, I, I think that that's kind of where the Steelers yeah. are at this point. Yeah, no, I, I think that that is the reality as well, too. Bob Labriola with us here on the Steelers Blitz. I did. We got just a couple more minutes here, Labs. Uh, wanted to get some of your thoughts on the offensive line, I think specifically the center position. Um, do you think this is something that will play out through training camp, through the preseason, the battle for who's going to start, you know, under center, or do you think that that they'll try and figure that out sooner and sooner rather than later, develop some continuity, you know, before we get out of Latrobe or before the preseason's over? I, I think it's um, the players will determine that. I mean, uh, the year that Marquise Ponzi was a first-round draft pick, uh, it wasn't a week into training camp when he was. He established himself as the best guy. He was the starter. That was it. Um, now, I don't. I'm not predicting that B.J. Finney or uh, Kendrick Green are going to be the next Marquise Pouncey. Nor am I trying to say that they need to be the next Marquise Pouncey. But I just think that something like that uh, evolves organically. And mm. if they're ready, they're ready. And if they're not, if they don't separate, then you keep the competition sure, going sure. until. Um, you, you do get some kind of separation. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how, how that works out as well. I, I do believe, though, that um, 
you know, number 22 is going to have something to say <laughs> about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, this guy is um, – you know, I said to Arthur right before we came on, my wife knows <laughs> that Najee Harris is the best running back on this team. I mean, she doesn't really follow football at all or even watch it that much. But that's how obvious it is. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> it's clear. And it's – you know, and again, no – I'm not to disparage the guys on the roster, but if you really want to see how clear it is, watch an individuals when they all do the same thing one after the other. Yeah. <laughs> take the take the it's jerseys the off. Take the jerseys off, everybody. And I, you know, I can pick out from up here without binoculars. I can say that's number twenty-two right there. That guy. Without a doubt. <laughs> so, you know, go ahead, Arthur. Oh, and I was gonna say the the last question I have for you though pertains to the wide receivers. Now, we know Deontay, we expected a little bit more from him last year, and we actually have Chase Claypool coming into his second year. But of those two guys, who do you think has the better season this year? Um, that's up to number seven. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, uh, here's a Bill Nunn story for you. Bill Nunn was telling me, you know, back in the uh, 60s uh, when he was the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Courier, um, you know, he you would know that during the season, if you wanted to talk to any Steelers players, there was a establishment downtown where they would go to uh, replenish their fluids <laughs> after the day's work. And so he went in there and um, saw Bobby Lane sitting at the bar replenishing his fluids, and Bill Nunn went up and sat next to him, and they were chatting, and uh, Bill Nunn said, he looked at him and said, okay, let me ask you a question. What makes a good receiver in the NFL? He said Lane took a pull on a cigarette, looked at him and said, See that guy over there, Jimmy Orr, who uh, started with the Steelers, ended up with the Baltimore Colts. Bobby Lane said, he's a good receiver because I throw him the football. <laughs> and, I mean, that's true. Um, so um, let me just say this about Deontay Johnson. I have a lot of respect for him. I like him. I think he's got a nice skill set. You better quit dropping the ball mm -hmm. because quarterbacks just quit going to you if you're going to drop the ball. So – um, you know, again, we'll see. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that it's uh, strictly a function of which one of those two runs better pattern or which one of those two uh, whatever, whatever. Because um, Chase Claypool, just his size and strength, maybe doesn't have to be as open mm -hmm. as some other people to be able to make a catch. And I think Deontay Johnson, of all the receivers on the roster currently, um, he has the most Antonio Brown-like skill set, and I hate to lip throw that label on anybody, <laughs> but you can line Deontay Johnson up, um, you know, when they, when a lot of times when they put twins or triples on one side and then the mm -hmm. one lone guy on the other side, well, that guy and the lone guy on the other side often is the one who will get singled up. Yes. So you have to be able to win off the line of scrimmage, you know, and get into your route. Deontay Johnson has the best skill set among true. those guys to be able to do that. And so he's a, he is someone who can get himself open. Other guys may need some scheme or, you know, some other things to get themselves open. So each of those guys has uh, some um, skills that make them special, potentially special in the NFL. And, and again, I mean, you know, who's Ben have confidence in? Uh, if Clay, uh, Claypool makes a couple of combat catches early. Um, you know, maybe Ben thinks this is my guy. 
uh, maybe Deontay Johnson does some things uh, and Ben thinks this is my guy. And whoever that guy is in Ben's mind is going to be the guy who I believe will get, you know, more opportunities uh, to make plays. And so that's really the way I look at it. It's it's sometimes it's up to the quarterback yes, <laughs> who, who ends up having the best season. And, you know, something to be said for that. Absolutely. Bob Labriola of Steelers.com, kind enough to lend us his time here. Labs, great stuff. Thank you. It was good catching up with you, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. That's, well, hopefully. Hopefully they'll keep, they'll maybe, keep letting Moats and I in. We'll see. Maybe he'll even be at St. Vincent. Hey, now. You know? Maybe. Maybe a little about a, about a month from now, a little over a month from now. Great stuff with Bob Labriola. We're going to take a break here. Our day two coverage continues in just a minute right here on SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Back live at Heinz Field here, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. We are also simulcast on 970 ESPN, so hello to everybody listening to us there as well. Should say here, just a chance to plug it, Motsi. Uh, if you are catching us on ESPN Pittsburgh, and maybe you're unfamiliar, uh, this is the Steelers Blitz. Myself, Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes here on the show. We've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. Okay, for those of you who are unfamiliar, I'll let you kind of figure out the rest there. Um, but we do this show normally uh, at noon when it's not during minicamp time on SNR. Uh, but if you are a podcast person, if you're a commuter, a workouter, if you'd like to get our show commercial-free on demand, uh, you can do so. Just search Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we'll obviously be doing uh, more of these special edition remote shows as we get closer and closer to the season, I would imagine. Uh, Motsi, another thing that – or something, I should say, that, that is nice you know, just from us being back out here and seeing, seeing some live action in front of us – you get to hear from people at mm -hmm. these things as well, too, you know, and, and especially over the last year where, um, rightfully so, a, a lot of the um, connectivity between, <laughs> you know, between between fans and, and, and the team yes. uh, was distanced, obviously so. But now that's starting to come back. There's more media availability. There's more opportunities to speak. Uh, one of those guys who spoke this morning who always cracks us up, of course, special teams coordinator Danny Smith. My man. He love just, Danny Smith, he, man. That's I tell my you, guy. That's, a, that's another observation <laughs> that, we're, that we can share here without giving away too much. Yeah. Danny Smith still just controlling the sidelines, roaming the sidelines. And, and, and I can't confirm with a wad of gum. With a big wad of gum mouth. in his mouth. <laughs> Like he's like he's the landlord of this place, making sure <laughs> making sure nobody's acting up, making Nobody. sure the house is in order. Um, Danny Smith, though, and and again, Motsi, this is this is not specifics. This is something that that he I, I think I deduced from his media this morning. He seems really excited about Presley Harvin. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you see do you see any scenario where Presley Harvin isn't the guy? I mean, yes, I could definitely see that scenario. More well, sure. so there could we, be injuries. Well, there no, could be. Oh no, no, not even from injury standpoint. I mean, I feel like I don't like to speak that part because sure. we know that that's very realistic. That's just so we part don't, of we don't need anything yeah. that's adding to that. But the biggest reason why I said I could see the scenario is because of this: when you're talking about being a punter in the NFL, ball placement, hang time hmm. are key. Ball placement number one, because if you tell me that we're kicking red or we're kicking blue. Red is for the right, blue is for the left, okay, right? Okay. So if we say we're kicking it red or punting it red, but you punt that ball left, 
that kills us from a coverage standpoint. Because everyone's going the other way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So now you have us in a compromising situation from a contained standpoint, from a coverage lane standpoint as well. So that part, even though watching him, he has a beautiful leg. Man, the it, it, power, it, it, the placement, what. like – we the got a boom, chance to see some of it. stands out. And, yeah. and, and he has one of the strongest legs that you're going to see. But the consistency is going to be the bigger telltale sign. And obviously in a practice setting, it's a lot easier to be consistent. I can tell you firsthand experience, Jordan Berry, from my time playing with him along with watching him in practice, he's very consistent. But when you get into the games, that's where it becomes different. And this is something that I learned from Danny Smith. Performance under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And what did he mean by that? He would always talk about performance under pressure, and he says this for the analogy. Wes, I got this two-by-four. You know, it's a basic piece of wood. I'm going to set it on the floor. Wes, walk across this two-by-four. You'll probably walk across that thing backwards, moonwalking like you Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be super easy, Jump right? On. If I Two-by-four on the ground is super easy to walk yeah. across. Like, my son can do that. Now, say I take that same two-by-four, and I go downtown to the Duquesne building, and I put it across to the other building. And now we're, you know, a couple hundred feet up in the air. And I say, hey, Wes, walk across that two-by-four. You can be over here shaking, sweating. You might fall off. Uh, yeah. Exact same two-by-four. That two-by-four didn't change. Your foot didn't change. Sure. Your body didn't change. Sure. But the pressure changed. Absolutely. And you could not perform to the same level under that pressure. So when you talk about punting in a practice setting – Presley looks great. Jordan looks great. But when we get to the game, that's when it becomes performance under pressure, and that's what we're going to have to see. Number one, can Presley do these things consistently, and can Jordan Berry do them at a higher level of consistency as well than what we've seen from him? So that's the biggest thing, and that's why a lot of time when it comes to rookies, I'm always nervous about them because what you see in practice sometimes can change once you get under the bright lights and we're and you're not standing oh, across from oh I'm not standing across from my friend my teammate I'm standing across from all pro pro bowler whoever future hall of famer mm-hmm. game changer yo 100% um, but performance under pressure is huge man and that's a big part of why if you've ever been somebody who's been out to Latrobe and taken in practice um You've seen a lot of times where it'll be the middle of practice, and Mike Tomlin will stop things. Danny Smith will stop things. Mm-hmm. They'll have the kickers kick field goals. They'll do all eyes on them. Different yes. pressure-packed situations, and I, I like that two by four example that yeah. you that you give there. That that is a that's a good analogy, and I think everyone can kind of relate to that one. Um, I mean, when you think about it in layman's terms, that two by four on the floor, extremely confident. And everybody knows that too. Like we, we, you all know people in your life, um, whether it was just from playing sports growing up, whether it's in your professional life now, that are the great, you know, and I'm using air quotes here. I know this is radio, but Mm -hmm. the great practice players, yes, right, the the gym class heroes, right? Who, if if you're just messing around with your buddies, they're the most athletic guy in the gym. They'll make every shot. They'll make every play. Whatever. But as soon as you'd actually go out there and it would be in real live action mm-hmm. with referees and with some, some, some moms and dads in the stands, uh, they're shaking in their boots, mm-hmm. they're, they're backing down, they're timid from the moment. I think, again, you see that uh, not just in sports. You can see that in other areas of your professional life as well, too. Maybe some, some, some people that are really good in meetings um, and in practices and in pitches and stuff like that, right? But then when it's time to go visit the client, all of a sudden <laughs> they're, they're standing at the front of the room with their projector, with their presentation, <laughs> and, they're, and they're shaking in their boots. They, they start Speaking funny, you're like, why? Do, when did you get this accent? Where did yes. this come from? <laughs> yes, and 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 that is, you know what, Motsi? I think even more so, right? With special teams, mm-hmm. these guys we know so often, they stand there on the sideline, 
without moving, you know, for a long – and then well, all of a sudden it's like a have, big pressure moment. you got to come out and perform. And it's one play to be perfect every single time. Yes. yes. When you're punting, typically you're not punting because you had a ton of success and you're on the other side of the field. Typically you're backed up or in your own territory when you're punting. That's a high-pressure situation. Mm -hmm. Ball placement becomes critical. Okay, say you did get across the midfield, but you want to do a coffin punt, right, or, or depend these guys inside the 10-yard line. Sure. Once again, pressure punt. So these are the things that you have to get comfortable with. You have to try to figure out and create these scenarios as best you can during OTAs, mini camp, training camp, preseason, with the hopes that it carries over. But that isn't something that you could just necessarily take for granted when it's a one-play series every single time with special teams. Do you see any possible way that they keep two punters? That's just not going to be the no, case. No, not right? at all. Not, if anything, it would be like how it was last year where we saw One Barry leave for a little ball. while and then came back. That's best-case scenario. Yeah. But you, you have to ask yourself, are, is keeping two punters worth it when you could potentially have another linebacker or you can have another cornerback or another running back? <sighs> Absolutely. Those positions, they typically take a little bit more priority, a little bit more of a president. So – that's the biggest reason why I don't see this scenario where they would keep two of those guys on active roster, at least. I think that's well said by you. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling here from Heinz Field. Is there some, uh, some changing of the drills in front of us? Is that, when you hear that buzzer go off, mm -hmm. Arthur Motes, because I'm sure people can hear that in the background, that's, like, is that, that's moving on to the next session, the next stage yes. of practice? Yes, indeed. you got to stay on the clock, man, because you want to work efficiently. Well, sure. we, we, don't, we don't just run out here haphazardly, oh, call whatever, do whatever. No, everything is, is planned out to the second, <laughs> literally to <laughs> well, the Well, because, second. too, and the way that things are bargained now, right, you only have so much. It's, you can't decide, oh, and, well, and, I'm, we're going to stay for listen, an extra half an hour. And That's I can not assure you of that. If you're a player, my man Cam Hayward down there, he's not allowing anything to go on like that. <laughs> no, sir, no, sir. And when I was playing, I was on same duty. I'll be over there. All right, how much time? Okay. All right. That, that walk coach, 11 minutes. Coach, that walkthrough counted. Just remember that. Eight minutes. All right, now. So, yes, yes, indeed. And, and it's not necessarily a thing of guys wanting to work or not work, but it keeps the balance of power in place. Sure. Because for every one team like Pittsburgh where they might say, well, you know, we don't mind going over a little bit. We'll be fine. You have other organizations that would take full advantage of that and ultimately jeopardize the health and safety of yes. these players. So that's the biggest reason why it is the way that it is from a structure standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, having some fun here. It's just good to be back out here. Beautiful weather for it. Um, we got the live action in front of us. This is great stuff here. Um, we're going to take your tweets when we come back here on the other side as well, too. I wanted to make sure to mention that. At Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody. We got a bunch of tweets here that we will get to, as always, to close out the show on the other side. Uh, before we go to break here, Motsi, Joseph tweets, all right, what's Motsi's price to put the pads back on? <laughs> We all know you say it's never happening. We've heard you, but I've also heard that everybody has their price. This is true. Everybody does have a price. <laughs> but for me, man, I, 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 my price is different because it's more so of the family element yes. of it. Like I said, it wasn't an issue of ability or health. It was just I want to be with my family more, man. And even Can't put with, a price on that. Saying, even with media, as much film as I watch, as much radio and shows that I might do, it's not even 20% of the time that I'm putting <laughs> yeah. in when I was actually yeah. playing from a physical body study and preparation mm -hmm. standpoint. So that's the big thing, man. I just, yeah, I can't, I can't miss out on these moments. When I took my daughter to basketball camp this morning, it was so awesome seeing how excited she Heck was. Yeah. Like, it's things like that that I can't get as a player. Yeah. And I missed out on way too many of those things, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's See, that's what I like to hear. That's the family man <laughs> right there. Where, where basketball camp, huh? Yeah, yeah, where, man. Where basketball camp? 
man, well, you know, I ain't shouting out these other schools if it ain't my school. Well, I didn't know. Like, oh, so it's local. It's local. Okay. Yeah, it's I didn't know yeah, if it was local. like at a college. Or no, like, no, no, no. You know, this, this is my 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 like okay. baby girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So, she, so it's, it's not like, like it's not like a sleepover time. camp. No, 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 gotcha, no, no, gotcha. No, no. Like a nice summer camp, nah, skills this, this camp, is, yeah, drills, this is just and skills. A pick her up, it. drop her off. Sure. Yep. Yeah. But it's fun though because typically, I never got a chance to drop my youngins off when I was playing. You'd be out here doing this. I'd have been out here since seven o'clock this morning, and I'd be out here about five o'clock tonight. You'd be getting ready to answer some questions from some jabronis like me. Yeah, I just want to go look, home, man. And, Leave and me then, alone. And then when I would get done with that, I still would have to take care of my body. So that doesn't even count my icing, my hot tub, my stretching, my workout. And that doesn't count me watching this film and getting ready for the new plays, for the new install for tomorrow. Like, it's just not enough hours in the day, man. <laughs> not enough hours in the day, especially when you're the family man like Arthur Motes. I love it. Uh, you want to get those tweets in, you know where to find us, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. We will wrap with your reaction on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz live from Heinz Field. Day two of minicamp coverage rolls along on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, our last segment of the day, but don't you dare go anywhere. You've got Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly, the drive boys, to take you home here from 3 until 5 for the next two hours after Motesy and I sign off. Uh, practice Kind of in its final moments here, last 10, 15, 20 minutes or so of practice uh, as Motsi and I wrap up here. And then, again, you'll have Dale and Matt for two more hours kind of putting a bow, putting a ribbon on all of the day's proceedings. I'm sure, of course, we'll hear from Mike Tomlin as always post-game, post-game, post-practice, pardon me. Easy, Euler, still a, still a little bit away from those games. Uh, but we'll hear from Mike Tomlin um, and maybe some other Steelers as well after day two. High-energy practice. I know we've said that a bunch, but it's true. Uh, I don't know if that's coming through, if you can quite hear that on the microphones. But competition out there, Motsi, for sure. I mean, this is the National Football League. All these guys are competitors. That's how they got to this point. But there's a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, a lot of cheering, <laughs> a lot of, like, I don't trash talking, not in a bad sense, right? But, like, in a, in a, ba in a way of banter, no, you know, a lot of, you, a lot of competitive talk, banter man. out there. The, the energy is high. And, uh, and, and I, like I said, I don't know if you can really feel that through the microphone, how much you can hear and everything, but certainly um, a, a lot of pads, well, not pads popping, but you get the idea. <laughs> a lot of noise being made out there at Heinz Field right now. High energy for sure. What do you say we get to some of these tweets before we get out of here? I mean, I thought that was mandatory, just like this minicamp. Steel City Champ said, according to NFL Combine results, your official 464, right? 464. There yeah. it is. So I, was I, was, close. I, I remembered it after the fact. Yep. 4-6-2. I, I was close. I was mm -hmm. giving you credit. I had you a little bit faster than you yep. actually were. Uh, Steel City Champs, though, says I get a chance to redeem myself. In high school, what sports, plural, mm -hmm. was Arthur Motes a division champion in? Mm, okay. It's not football, right? I'm not giving you the answer. You, you, because we're trying to ask the question to get the answer We've out. talked about this before, how your football team in high school was not very good. Okay. Now I'm... <sighs> I also know you were a four-year starter, though, so you could have won the – You know what, though? I'm going to go off the beaten path. I'm going to say track and field. I'm going to say basketball. Track and field and basketball, not football. Okay. Well, the answer is track and field and wrestling. 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 Ah, I'm an idiot. Yes. I knew it was wrestling, not basketball. <laughs> ah, son of a – 
Yep, it was wrestling. Man. I knew it wasn't football. Yeah, I knew fo- it wasn't football. football. We were terrible. Our and best, I knew track yeah. was one of them. Our best season in football, we I think we had what five wins? No, four wins. We we went four and six my senior year, and that was like a big deal. Yeah, big big deal. I, I knew yeah, I knew yeah. it wasn't football. We had that time. Basketball. We Rest, all, I knew it was yeah. wrestling. I'm an idiot. Basketball. We we've come close a couple times, but we never would actually win in it. Yeah, but we're wrestling. Yes, for a fact. Two actually. Uh, Two times, yeah, two times won the district. Mm-hmm. Um, what my senior year finished third in the region, and then obviously in track, yeah, we, we was yeah we was doing our thing in track. You like track? <laughs> I, 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 I I knew like, again. I knew that it. I knew that it was track and something. Yeah. And I just I, I how how could I forget wrestling? Yeah, I, I was hoping you didn't. I was like, come on, don't go wrestling. Don't say wrestling. You want to you want to say something else? <laughs> I'm thinking of winter sports, right? And I'm like, I, I got nothing besides basketball. I'm like, he's not playing. I don't think he was playing volleyball. Mozi was. Uh, G Rob, our buddy G Rob, long time no uh, tweet here I from G Rob. Right? Uh, shout out to my guys in the booth. It's great being a Steelers fan. Months ago, it seemed like the world was seemingly coming to an end, but here we are now, shooting confetti and fireworks out of our <laughs> bums for our Pittsburgh Steelers. I love it. There, it is. You, you could just feel the energy, and you know what, Mozi? That's only going to continue, right? Um, Again, we don't know exactly what training camp's going to look like, but even beyond that point, right? Uh, I tell you what, September, week two here, I mean, this place is going to be rocking. It's going to yeah. be packed. The atmosphere is going to be insane. Um, I, well, you can I feel that say, anticipation already. And I was going to say a couple of things. As a player, when you're in Heinz Field, you feel that. Even when it's empty in here, right? I think about when I came here in 2014 and Coach Simon, he would always make sure that – we would have an OTA practice at Heinz Field because his right. whole thing was he just get familiar with right, the setting because yeah. he talks about how a lot of just crazy moments happen here, and some people even speak of it almost like it's it's mythological, right? Yeah. It's yeah. something about Heinz Field, and his whole thing was getting us in here and just letting us understand that. It's nothing magical. We are the ones creating that magic, but it starts with us having that focus and the attention to detail regardless of where we're at. So we would come over here and make it a point. But then I would think about that first time we would come back to Heinz Mm. and media would be here. Mm. And the energy goes up. And you keep talking about the energy. This is a part of it. As a player on the field right now, you feel these eyes on you. You feel this added attention from a camera standpoint you know that you weren't getting and taking videos right. because yeah. you you didn't get this in OTAs where okay the guys are allowed out there for five minutes and after that you got to leave no 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 we are really here watching from start to finish you feel that as a player and when the player when when the fans get here oh it just goes up even more it just keeps getting better yeah. so yeah. these guys are excited about this because the people here now when they get to training camp and let it be in Latrobe with fans Ooh. oh my you want to see some some energy run down that hill wow. with 3,000 people <laughs> screaming and yelling for you in the middle of summertime it's nothing like it man yeah. it is nothing like it uh, it's well said it's well said and obviously you have uh, you you can you can say that and you know you mean it you've been there and done that um, and yeah, it's it's like I said, it, it is tangible. It definitely you can you can notice all that stuff. Like the guys I here just have a more just a hop in their step, like that spring about them, man. Eh? Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, I think that's well said. Uh, Russell tweets and says, "Got a prediction? I want to uh, know your guys' thoughts on uh, TJ is going to have some competition for Defensive Player of the Year this season, in the form of his teammate Minka Fitzpatrick, who is going to have his best year yet. Do you think I could be right?" No, I definitely think you could be right in terms of – He's been of, an all-pro the last two yeah, years. Yeah, and we've seen Minka at times 
do things where he puts himself in that conversation. Think about when he first got here, the way he was able to generate those turnovers back to back. Or you think about last year when he was taking stuff and actually yes. scoring. Like those are the type of things that get you in defensive player of the year conversations. Now, if those two guys are both finalists or in that conversation, well, we will probably be extremely happy from a defensive standpoint. We will be very happy with their performances as a whole because both of those guys are going to be critical to this defense's success this season. Yes. So I definitely hope you're right. <laughs> I, I, you know what? That that's you're absolutely right there because if if he is right, that is going to mm -hmm. that's going to pay uh, fantastic returns for this defense certainly. Um, <laughs> Steel City Champ says, what am I getting you for Father's Day? All right, just take it. Just take it easy, okay? Man, I was about to say, when's Father's Day? It's oh, uh, one well, of these days. Sunday? It's, Sunday? Week, it's this weekend, right? I'm assuming, yeah, it's got to be. He said, but seriously, uh, yeah. what are you guys getting for your dads for Father's Day? Um, I... You know what's funny? I wasn't gonna say it, but I do. Literally, I get him the same thing every single. I get my dad a, uh, a a box of Pro V ones. It's his favorite Titleist golf ball. My dad is a huge golfer. It's easy. It's lazy for me, but it's something that he likes. It's right kind of in the price range of what I want to spend. Can't go wrong with that. That's how guys yeah. are too, Mosey. Right? That. Like I, my dad knows I'm getting him a box of Pro Vs for Father's Day, <laughs> and he, you know, I don't think he'd have it any other way. He doesn't need to be surprised. He doesn't need to be this and that. He, he he's getting his golf balls, and that's what he wants. And see, that's the duality of this show and the duality of man because my dad he likes it to be switched up <laughs> we've done omaha steak boxes we've done oh. uh, 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 trips actually yeah we, we've yep. done vegas oh, as, yeah. as like a father's oh, yeah. day thing as well so got a little variety man but that, that's kind of how that's we like the to duality of man yes, right indeed. there <laughs> i was uh, like my dad he's the other way <laughs> rod dalla tweets us and says all right i gotta know what you guys think about this prediction Najee harris is going to win offensive rookie of the year I wish that was the case, but do you remember how many quarterbacks went that's, in the top? Like, that's the 10? thing. Like, <laughs> this is a quarterback-driven league, baby. It's very hard to yeah. win offensive rookie of the year. It's very hard to win an MVP. Yeah, if you don't play quarterback, it if you're is, not lining up under yeah. center, it's just that's that's the way she goes. Derrick um, Henry had one of the most one of the historic seasons last year, right? Being a two thousand yard rusher. It's what five guys that have ever done that. Did any of us mention Derrick Henry? Was he even top three? Did we even, like, consider a, a, just a, a glimpse of him in the MVP conversation? So just to give you a barometer of that, that's the scenario right now in terms of Najee Harris winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ryan tweets here, I need to know if you guys are hanging out of the press box at Heinz Field like a dog on a road trip. <laughs> Pretty I close. Think, I think that's how I described you yesterday when you kept putting your head out the window. How can you not? I mean, honestly. Well, you, well I don't put look, my head out the window. You're not supposed to put your head out the window. You look to the right. You got the beautiful skyline of Pittsburgh. You got the confluence of the three rivers. I mean, in front of us, there's football going on. Like I said, it's it's mid-70s. It's it's hot, but it's not too hot. I, yes, I am, I'm like a dog. You know what? In fact, Motsi, when we leave here in about, uh, I don't know, what, 10 minutes or so from now, I'm going to stick my head out there and we'll drive around the North Shore the whole time too. <laughs> All right, let me do another. Let me do a uh, another refresh here. Uh, Mr. Taylor says, uh, "No, no um, trivia question for you guys today because I am getting married on Saturday." Oh, wondering congrats. if wondering if we could get a shout out. Thanks, cousins. Yes, congrats, indeed, Mr. Taylor. Man. Absolutely. Uh, enjoy love and happiness. Love and happiness. Have a great Saturday. Have a great weekend, and uh, and hopefully 
depending on, I, I don't know, you know, it is summertime. Hopefully, if you have any uh, yeah. outdoor things involved with, with the ceremony, that the weather will hold up to you. Absolutely. I'll but make yes. sure I celebrate you all this weekend as I'm hydrating. <laughs> Uh, like, uh, like like Labs was saying, right? Replenish. <laughs> when I'm replenishing make sure you my replenish hydration. Replenish your fluids. You know, I got to replenish my fluids. I, I, I'll make sure I do that in honor of this amazing couple <laughs> that is joining in matrimony. Yes, Mr. Taylor. Congratulations <laughs> to you and the Mrs. Cousin. Yes, indeed. Um, let's see here. Last uh, refresh. Joseph wants to know uh, if we have any rooting interest for the Euros, for the European Soccer Tournament. Oh, you said France. Is that your squad? Right. Parlez-vous français? Parlez-vous français? Uh, oui, oui. All right. See, here's the weird thing. Um, my, you can probably tell from my last name, too. My, my heritage is very German. I've also got a lot of English in my blood. So those mm -hmm. are two, you know, like in the World Cup and things like that. Those are right, like but the, I'm Irish and Scottish. The countries that, yeah. I, the countries that I'll kind of pull for. Um, but Germany's not very good this time. I mean, they just don't which have a Which is kind of, like, shot, surprising. Usually which is, they're always, like, yes. really good. And they've got some good individual players. Yeah. They just don't play well together as a team right now. And, don't play well with others. And England, <laughs> I would love to see England go on a run, and I think they've got a chance to. But three of their important players are Manchester United players who, uh -oh. who are mangled with injuries right now and desperately need time off. Mm. So I don't want to see them advancing farther and playing more games <laughs> either. It's like a weird, like, I'm kind of stuck between a rock and the hard place. Um, you got I'm two. Go you got two rooting interests. You got two loves right I'm, now, man. I'm going with Belgium. Mm, okay, Belgium. Yeah, waffles. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fair enough. Then. <laughs> I like it. Well, when in doubt, whoever whoever has the best food, right? <laughs> oh wait, wait, real quick. Last one here. TC says I got to know: Has anybody replaced Marquise Pouncey by competing with Ben to try and hit the crossbar? I, I haven't seen, haven't anyone, seen yet. anyone do that yet. Have you? I don't we got Dale Lawley in here. No offensive lineman doing the pouncey and trying to throw at the field goal post, huh? Yeah, yeah, someone does need to step up. But we'll, uh, that's a good I, one I've by TC. I've seen practices, you know, get altered based on the, the ability to hit the goalpost. Uh, and you want to talk about hey. an, an event hey. out in Latrobe where you got, you know, two, 3,000 people hanging on yeah, every absolutely. throw. Uh, that's certainly <laughs> something to see. Good one there by TC. We'll make sure to keep you posted uh, if there is any uh, new crossbar competition from the offensive lineman. But that'll do us do it for us today. Dale Lawley, Matt Williamson up next with the drive. Big thanks to Bob Labriola and to Chris Carter for joining us on the show today. And a big shout-out to our producer, Kellen, keeping us crisp back at the studio as well. Talk to Yins tomorrow. More coverage live from Minicamp. Camp. Keep it right here on SNR.